0: over there. I wish you so much luck. My fingers and the toes tonight for sure across to you. The all important Powerball must be won. 50 million is number one. Here's the important stuff. Recapping your winning numbers. Every year, New Zealanders spend more than a billion dollars on lotto tickets. Since its first draw in 1987, the state-owned gambling company has given away billions of dollars to sports clubs and charities and the creative industries. But is this a healthy relationship? I'm Emile Donovan, and today on The Detail, RNZ's Guyon Espiner on his deep dive into Lotto. Where the stores are, who buys the tickets, how this dream is sold to us, and the ethics of a crown entity promoting gambling.
1: It actually has been bubbling away in my mind for... A number of years, I suppose. Um, I'd looked at gambling in the past, did some work on Sky City Casino and had a good look at them. And I've touched on the TAB and, and racing and stuff in my journalism career. And I toyed with the idea of looking at Lotto and had a quick look and saw that 100% of their profits went to charity and went, oh, you can't really argue with that.
0: Ever since the first draw back in 87, welcome to the very first live Saturday night Lotto draw. 100% of Lotto New Zealand profits have gone back to the community.
1: But when I revisited it, I found that actually there was quite a lot to look at. And I was also fascinated at this idea of a state gambling company. You know, I think that's really interesting. You know, so I thought, yeah, there is enough to look at there. And so I started digging.
0: That. Turn of phrase, state gambling company. I noticed that immediately when I listened to one of your packages from Morning Report on this, and that was in the intro that Susie read.
1: An RNZ investigation into the state-owned gambling company shows that its retail sales come disproportionately from areas of high. That
0: must have been a very deliberate choice of words.
1: It was on my behalf. I just, I just wanted to be honest about this because I think. You know, we've we've curated this idea and allowed ourselves, and I'll take some of the blame for this as a member of the media for many years, mm. we've allowed ourselves, I think, to see it as just a completely benign game. You walk past your dairy convenience store supermarket It says play here, it's a game, it's the lottery grants board, all the money goes to charity, what's not to like? And it, it, it looks a bit different when you describe it for what it is. It's a state gambling company. And so, yes, it was a deliberate choice of words to do that, because I I think it strips out some of the sheen that's self-applied to some of the PR and and talks about the reality.
0: It doesn't feel like a gambling company, but I wonder whether that is down to the nature of Lotto or whether that is just because... That's how it has been portrayed to me for the 31 years of my life. and Therefore, I don't think of it like a gambling company.
1: I think it's the same way as that alcohol's not seen as a drug. I think what, what happens with hyper-normalisation is that you you strip that out of it. And we are, as humans, very vulnerable to that. So it's a game. It's not described as a gambling company. But of course it's a gambling company. Mm. It's, it's, it's regulated under the Gambling Act 2003. Mm. These are
0: gambling games. To pick up and, and run with that, Alcohol analogy though, if you think of pokies as being like tequila and the TAB being um, butterscotch schnapps, I think of lotto as being like a session lager. you know what I mean by that? I-, I totally do know
1: what you mean by that. And you're right, when you look at harm, it goes pokies, casino... But then Lotto mm. and then the TAB, uh, which okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, so Lotto responsible for about a, um, about twelve percent. Of problem gambling presentations last year, the TAB was below that at ten percent, but you get into the casinos into the twenties and and pokies about fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven percent of that. Um, there's an interesting statistical thing here too, and just to mix up my metaphors and and uh, you know run with some analogies, if you look at COVID, okay, very very small chance of someone dying, but because so many people get it it becomes a real risk. So the statistical reality that a very small slice of a massive number is still a big number. And I say that because 59% of New Zealanders played lotto in the last year. 1.5 billion was spent on lotto. 1.4 million New Zealanders have online lotto accounts. So when the game is that big, you are going to get quite a lot of people having problems, even though it is a lesser risk game or, see, I fell into my own trap, not a game, gambling activity than the pokies or the casino. So, yep, it is lower risk of addiction, but two other things going on there. A, a lot of people play it, so you're going to get a significant amount of problems, and B, the other problems that aren't talked about so much is that people are spending money they can't afford Mm. on it. Jess reckons she spent $100,000 over 10 years.
0: We had a family meeting, and um, went all my bank statements, and I sort of realised I had a problem, and then I didn't really think about it before that, but I just saw the harm done to my family.
1: So if you have people spending a lot of money, and they're not buying the food or paying the power bill, then... I would argue that that's gambling harm too. They might not be addicted, but they are spending more money on it than possibly they can afford.
0: Let's go through some of the stories that you've done sort of point by point and and turn up some of the specifics that you turned up in this investigation. So first off, you looked at the locations of the stores where Lotto is sold. What were the headlines from that?
1: We found that with retail Sales that 70% of the retail sales came from the poorest half of the community. The highest selling area was Henderson Massey, a decile 8 community in West Auckland, where people spent $26 million on lotto in 2021. In Ōtara Papatoitoi, a decile 9 community in South Auckland, people spent more than $24 million on lotto last year.
0: The product of Lotto sells a better day, it sells that $1 million golden ticket aspiration and who doesn't want that when they are stuck in a cycle of poverty.
1: And it was Lotto's own data mm. I mean, and they use that data to determine where they put stores mm. and they say that they are now, they admit that they had a disproportionate number of stores in poorer communities and that they are taking some of those stores out. So you'll see some of those stores close down. They do add a bit of a qualification that that data doesn't take into effect the 45% of sales they make online. Mm. And they also make the point, and it is true to be fair to them, that the data tells you where someone shops rather than where they live. I classify it very much as a product for predominantly for middle New Zealand. Poorer communities do buy our products. But everybody does. And it also chimes exactly with the other research that da- has been done into pokies and, and things like that, where...
0: Yeah, fast food, booze stores. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: disproportionately um, in, in those poorer communities. And I think that was pretty interesting. And look, to be fair to them, they they, they say fair cop, and yeah. they, they are changing it.
0: The number of stores, though, has decreased over the past couple of years. I found that an interesting...
1: Yes, it has, um, and I think part of that is the growth of online sales, which has skyrocketed.
0: I think it's gone from nineteen percent of lotto's total sales three or four years ago to forty-five percent. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Which is cra- that's a crazy yeah, increase.
1: It, yeah, it really is, and it's one of New Zealand's biggest e-commerce businesses mm-hmm. now. You know, I mean, one point four million people with a lotto account. They don't not all active. Some mm. of them you know, might have set it up and aren't using it. But that's a huge um, that's a huge e-commerce. Uh, business.
0: That segues quite nicely into the second uh, story that you did on Lotto which is the online sector and Lotto looking to expand into this kind of area.
1: Yeah I find that really interesting because they're wanting to expand into casino games Mm. and their actual proposal um, which is live at the moment is to have online bingo. Lotto is being urged to drop plans to launch an online bingo game. With a member of its expert advisory panel saying it could increase gambling harm in Maori and Pacifica communities. They've got an interesting argument here. that They are saying that, well, at the moment, New Zealanders are playing these kinds of games on offshore gambling sites that aren't regulated, are more dangerous, and don't return money to the community.
0: And online gambling is really unregulated in New Zealand.
1: Massively, it's legal to do it, so that you know there's nothing stopping people doing it. But lotto rightly argue that their own online play or gambling is far more regulated in terms of safeguards. Mm. It is. you. you the, the, the hours are restricted. I think it's 6am to 11pm uh, most days of the week and out to midnight for Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm. Uh, and then um, there are spending limits. So you're only allowed to spend $150 a week on Lotto or $500 a month, mm. whereas you could just fill your boots on the offshore sites, obviously, and they'll take any money yeah. that you're willing to throw at it. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting argument, isn't it? It's a, I guess they are saying it's a harm reduction argument. I think that we could provide that service to those New Zealanders onshore for a regulated site where... There are harm controls. But they they are obviously worried about the amount that New Zealanders spend on offshore gambling. They reckon it's about $510 million a year now on offshore gambling sites. And they say, hey, we want a slice of this action, Um, do it with us, it'll be safer, and so we want to set up an online bingo platform. And interestingly, the Minister of Internal Affairs has the veto right, and she's pushed pause on that for the moment.
0: Look, I'm very concerned about online gambling in general, and Lotto definitely comes in as part of that. So we don't want to be the fun police. But at the same time, we want to ensure that we're not creating a situation where people are experiencing more harm than what they currently are.
1: She's saying, I want to have a look at the whole online gambling sector. I've got my officials doing a review. That's out fairly soon. And then she'll make a call on that. But it's a it's a yay on a from her. So it would be fascinating to see whether whether uh, the minister allows them to do it.
0: The third piece in the series, this pertains to age restrictions. And I guess the, the wider theme to this story, it's, it seems to me, It's about exposure, early exposure to lotto and the the normalisation of buying lotto tickets from a young age, would you say?
1: Absolutely. I was a few weeks into my research and I was talking to this expert and they said, oh, of course, there's no age restriction on lotto tickets. And I actually thought she was wrong. I thought, no, that can't be right. And I went back and checked, and she, and then we talked to her again, she said that she did the same thing when she would first started in this area, that she could not believe that you were able to buy a ticket as as a kid. There's no age restriction on buying lotto tickets, and one study of Pacifica children in New Zealand found 7% of nine-year-olds had bought one. And, yeah, the normalisation is, is part of what worries people here. It's seen as just uh, a, a something... That you can do, uh, like buying an ice cream uh, and do in the dairy and do in the places where you you buy other food. And, you know, these aren't dingy gambling dens, are they? They're dairies and convenience stores and stuff. So I think it serves to uh, promote the idea that this is a harmless bit of fun. All I'm asking is, are we comfortable with that? Because we're now spending one and a half billion dollars on lotto and almost no. Man, that's a lot of money. $1.5 billion. And, you know, then you're going into this big circular argument where you say, yeah, but it all goes back to the community. What an interesting way to raise money. Yeah. And because almost everyone's a loser, right? Yeah, because the odds are so ridiculous. 1 in 38 million for winning the Powerball and 3.8 million for winning the first division of Lotto. The odds are just ridiculous.
0: You you, you mentioned a stat before that I wanted to – Delve into that. Lotto had a KPI of ninety percent of supermarkets. So, is, is the idea behind that that there is a Lotto outlet, or you can buy a ticket at ninety percent of supermarkets in Aotearoa?
1: Yeah, was well, eighty nine actually, but yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and and there are all those pop up stores. And you know, I've got to go to a supermarket I go to quite often is Mount Roskill, mm. and if, you know, it's the first thing you see when you go into the yeah. store. And I spoke to uh, Edmund Fihoko, who's um, with Auckland University. He's done a lot of study of Pacifica communities and gambling. And he's saying, you know, in South Auckland, it's one of the first things you see, and he he thinks that people are are forced with that choice. And I think it's also the mindset. I don't think we can ignore the fact that for some people and some people's mindset, it's their ticket out of poverty. Hmm. If only I could win this, this would solve the problem. You know, my wife wouldn't have to work three jobs, and I wouldn't have to do, you know, this job, and and I'd be able to fix that or or buy that. And, yeah, you can say, oh, well, that's a stupid strategy, but... (sighs) Look at look at the dream that they are selling. Mm. They don't. They, you, you see an ad and it says, "Imagine this." Hey,
0: got a lot of ticket. I forgot to check.
1: Don't check it. How long do we can go home? Six months. And they spend twenty three million dollars a year on advertising and promotion. Mm. Right. You know, the advertising agencies absolutely kill for that contract. And they're beautiful ads.
0: Mm. They are beautiful ads. And they're
1: powerful mm.
0: ads. They're emotional a lot they of the are. time. And, yeah. and
1: they are purposefully emotional. Mm. And, and they have that power. And so that message that you're sending to people is that, gee, you might just be able to to, to win this money and all my problems would, would, would go away.
0: That, again, neatly segues us into um, the next of, of your stories, which is looking at, um, among other things, at the the marketing of this product. The tension is there from the very moment that you say state-owned gambling company. Lotto is an organisation. It wants to sell tickets. Like, there are people employed by this organisation whose job, whose sole job it is to get more people to buy tickets. If we're calling a spade a spade here, there are people employed by Lotto who whose job it is to encourage gambling.
1: Well, it absolutely is. And you talk about tension, which is the perfect word for it, because under the Gambling Act 2003, right, it says explicitly in the legislation that lotto exists to, quote, maximise profits, Hmm. end quote, in order to distribute those to the Lottery Grants Board. But while doing so, they have to minimise harm. So they're the two masters it's trying to serve, now you simply cannot serve both of those masters adequately at the same time. I mean, I, I think they are trying, and I was impressed with a number of things about Lotto and, and engaging with them. They were pretty transparent. They gave me a lot of time, interviews, and documentation, way more than a lot of government agencies. Mm. You know, and they were good with the OIA requests and stuff. So hats off to that. I do think they're trying, actually, but I th- I think that you know, that that tension inevitably means that a lot of people are going to get hurt along the way. And I think that as a country, we need to have a a good think about whether we're cool with it.
0: The ace in the deck from Lotto's point of view is the idea that, yep, Lotto might be gambling, but the money that comes out of Lotto goes to churches, it goes to sports teams, shelters, places that need this funding to survive, And by questioning the justification for Lotto's existence, that jeopardises the existence of of many of these Mm. places. But your story that came out this week, it doesn't directly contradict that idea, but it raises some questions about the amount of money that's being pumped out and where that money goes.
1: Well, it really does, doesn't it? I mean, (laughs) for a start, their tagline and their promotional line is 100% of our profits go back to charity – And they have an advertising campaign called Kiwis Helping Kiwis. When you really need someone to give you a bit of a leg up, Kiwis always help Kiwis. Which is supposed to show how every time you buy Lotto, you're actually supporting your neighbour who needs charity. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things about that. Firstly, only 25 cents in the dollar ends up with the Lottery Grants Board. Once you take out the prizes, once you take out the retail commission, once you take out the fact you're paying for 184 staff, Mm -hmm. once you take out the fact that they have to pay some gambling levies and taxes and their operating costs, including $23 million worth of advertising, Mm. then 25 cents in the dollar goes back. Now, I don't think a lot of people know that, mm. and I think that that may have an impact on how much they are prepared to pay and, and whether they think that that's worth it. The second point is that 42% of the money goes to four statutory bodies. Sports mm. NZ, Ngataonga Sound and Vision, Creative New Zealand and the Film Commission. Mm-hmm. Right? These are government bodies that could and probably should... Well, I will say they should be funded. Of course they should be funded. I want to see books and art and ballet and things funded, personally. But isn't it interesting that they're not directly funded by the government? They are funded by how much people spend on gambling. Mm -hmm. So 72% of Creative New Zealand's budget comes from gambling, and that goes up and down depending on how much people gamble. Is that a good way to fund the arts in this country? And that also brings you into this wealth transfer thing. I love the ballet and all these other guys, but should I be relying on something as disproportionately being bought by poorer aspects of the community to then go and fund these other parts which possibly are being used by the middle and upper class more? Now, we get into vulnerable territory there, I know, but the wealth transfer aspect to this, is, I think, quite worrying.
0: I feel like that's the point that this element of the story is really about, is the idea that Lotto, and not just Lotto either, Lotto, no. pokies, the alcohol sponsorship of, of community support, these essentially act as auxiliary taxes, but auxiliary taxes that are disproportionately regressive and borne by the poor.
1: Absolutely. And I I don't think you can get around that. Not only did we prove that um, disproportionately the sales were coming from poor ends of the community, Mm. when you look at the proportion of their income, it would be horrendously worse Mm. because this is money, you know, a bigger slice of of that income. And and I found also that in this review that they're doing of the lottery grant system, that Māori, Pacifica, and other ethnic communities are not getting the funding that they should and that the feedback that from the grant recipients was that there's systemic bias and institutional racism at play here, that they felt they got more scrutiny as grant recipients, and that they weren't getting as much money as as, as they should. So not only are these communities being <laughs> facing more stores in their in their neighborhoods and spending more money on it, they're not even getting the money back. So you know, I think after 35 years of lotto, and the Department of Internal Affairs has acknowledged this, it's time to have a really good look at whether this is a good way to be funding these things. Jan Teneti, the Internal Affairs Minister is now on the record as saying that she wants to potentially, she says one option, is to cut that relationship. Now, that's a big call. Now, I mean, I probably could have made more of that in in the series because, I mean, that would seem to threaten the very existence of Lotto itself. I mean, I I don't know whether she'll do it. I I don't know. I, I, I feel that. Government, you know, putting a, a political reporter's hat on, I'd be surprised because they'll get into sort of accusations of being the fund police and all sorts of stuff. Um, I w- I wonder whether she'll whether she'll be able to do it, but let's let's have a look at that. What did you take
0: out of this investigation?
1: I took out of it that we have normalized and massively encouraged huge growth and expenditure on lotto and we have been inculcated into thinking it's just a benign sort of part of life mm. and become heavily reliant on it for funding charities and that actually th- there are quite a few hooks along the way. People get hurt, people spend too much money and the wealth transfer part of it, I think, is something that should trouble us.
0: People can spend too much money on anything, though. People can spend too much money on stamps. Yeah, that's true,
1: except you don't spend $23 million producing highly uh, crafted television advertisements pulling on people's heartstrings to do that. Mm. I I think it's a good thing to raise. You see, But it's not just like, oh, well, we have a state lottery and you can go along and buy a ticket, is it? It's like everywhere you look, what we've got is a company that is massively promoting it. We're not just tolerating it. We've got a state company pushing it as a way to fund communities. If you swap something else like that out, like we've legalised sex work, for example, and legalised lo- other vices, if you like, uh-huh. my own personal opinion is that's the way to go. Mm. Not, I don't believe in prohibition, and I believe largely in harm reduction, but you get to a different level when you start saturating communities with with it and massively promoting it and spending lots of money to do that and saying, and and tying a community good to it, because that's what we've done. You you know, gambling's a given people will always do it, and if you can do it in a safe way, then great but should we be massively promoting that in order to fund charities? Are we comfortable with this? Some people might be um, but I think it's worth raising
0: That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Blair Stagpool and produced by Sarah Robson. Bonnie Harrison is our associate producer. And thanks to Guy Spinner. Matewa.